0: It is this verse that I want to share with you, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. And Aaron read at the start, and it simply says this. This is Paul writing the letter, two letters he writes to this guy, Timothy, this young person. And he writes in this first letter, chapter 4, verse 12, "'Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, "'but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity.'" So one of the things that he asks of the people, one of the the things that he says to Timothy is this, set an example. To set an example. The world needs more good examples. The world needs more examples because examples influence and change the world that we live in. And I want to share just a couple of examples of how people who, who set an example have influenced and changed the world that we live in today a woman that you might know the name of called Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks was a a figurehead in the American civil rights movement because in the 1st of December, 1955, Rosa Parks, a black lady, sat on a bus in America. And in those days, there was segregation of where you sat. White people sat on one side of the bus and black people sat on another side. And she sat in the section that was allocated to her. But the white section was filled with people and a a white man comes on the bus, sees there's no seats, and the bus driver tells Rosa Parks, get off your seat and let him sit there. And she stood up for what she believed in. She stood up. She set an example. This was the first time anyone had done this. And she refused to move off her seat. And by her being an example, she influenced society. She influenced people. And the American civil rights change and human rights started to be impacted because she set an example. Nelson Mandela, another famous person around our world, uh, for 20 years, he spent over 20 years in prison because he stood up against, uh, against racial segregation in South Africa. He stood up against it, spent over 20 years in prison. And after that, his example impacted society to the point that that they started to have negotiations and talk about racial segregation not not being as big an issue or as big a a hold in South Africa. Eric Liddell. You'll maybe famously know the the movie adaptation of his life called Chariots of Fire. Eric Liddell was a, a Olympic gold medalist in the 1924 Paris Olympics. But he was famous Known for refusing to run a race, a Christian. By he was a Christian, and he decided that when his favoured 100-meter sprint race, which was going to be on a Sunday, he refused to run in it. He stood up for what he believed in, and instead he ran a a 400-meter race, which he ended up winning. But because he stood up for what he believed in, he set an example. And this example inspired many other Christians globally to stand up for their faith. So here's just three examples. There's so many more people who, by their example, influenced society, culture and history that we know today. Examples influence and change the world. Examples showcase a better world. And you see, Jesus, when he came, Pip shared about it this morning about he is one of the most influential, dominant characters in history. Because of his example, he came and radically taught a new way of living. A new example. John chapter 10 verse 10, a a passage you'll have known maybe famously. Jesus says these words, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came that we would have life and life to the full. And maybe in here we can have full lives but they can be full of the wrong things. You see, you can have a full calendar. You can have a full schedule. We can have full stomachs. Full bank balances. Maybe full cars where we're playing parents and we're, we're running kids back and forth to different things. Or, or full minds. We like to have as much knowledge and things as possible. And I'm not saying these things are bad. But oftentimes they're the things that we want more of and and we get full minds and full stomachs and full bank balances, but it doesn't fully satisfy. So what should a full life look like? If Jesus says we should come and have life and life to the full, then what does a full life look like? And how can living a full life set an example that will change the world? And I want to share some things that I believe in. We spoke on this a few months back in 412 of what having a full life should look like and I want to use the word full um, to illustrate four points that what a full life I believe that Jesus wanted us to live looks like and the first thing is a life of faith Hebrews 11 chapter 1 describes faith and defines faith as this the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see our lives as Christians should be full of faith it's what the guy said at the, the spoken word at the start welcome to the Christian life you signed up for I don't know about you, but we follow a God who we cannot see. There has to be faith. It has to be faith that I am trusting this God that I do not see. So my life should be full of faith. Hebrews goes on in in verse 6 to say, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe first that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, what we have found and I have found in my life is this. Living a life of faith has two benefits. Living a life of faith has two benefits. Number one, it pleases God. Hebrews 11, 6 says that it pleases God living a life of faith, which is great. Our purpose in life is to please God. But secondly, it sets an example that impacts people. Let me tell you a story. Jack Ballantyne, who got up here at the start and shared his story or or was in the spoken word. Many of you know a bit of his story. 2017, was an extremely difficult year for Jack. An extremely difficult year on this young boy's life. He got the news that his, his mom was diagnosed with cancer. And for a long, long period of his life, she fought with it. And Jack prayed and prayed and prayed earnestly, time and time again, that God would save her. And a few days before she passed away, Andrea made a decision to follow Jesus. And then on her funeral day, hundreds of people crammed into the funeral service. And one of the darkest times of this young boy's life, and he gets up and he reads some verses, and he is so strong. The rest of us, if you were there, you're broken, listen. But there was something special about him. There was something incredible, supernatural about this boy's life. And one of his friends who was in in school with him that day sat in. This guy wasn't a Christian. He had been to church past in his life, but it wasn't for him. And he saw this boy in the darkest, most harrowing day of his life stand up with strength unimaginable, supernatural. He had faith and strengthened by God. And this faith set an example to a guy called Daniel. Daniel now sits in here, made a decision to follow Jesus, got baptized through the waters on the 10th of December because someone's life, Set an example. And now they stand in here changed and impacted because examples change the world. Examples change the world. Living a life full of faith, church, is also living a life full of adventure. Living a life full of faith is also living a life full of adventure. I've learned this about comfort comfort is great at times, but it's not exciting. Comfort can be great at times, but it is not exciting. And we constantly encourage our young people to get out of their comfort zones, to stand up and do things that they would think don't even dare. If you told Destiny Todd last year she'd be get up in front of a couple hundred people on a microphone, she'd walk out of your life and you'd never see her again. She'd laugh at you. And here she gets up doing something that she would not normally do. But this is a crazy adventure that Jesus calls us into. Constantly being like Peter, step out of your boat. Come on, trust me. Come on, trust me. It pleases me, but it also, you will impact so many lives. Watch God transform your life and others too. I'm gonna tell you another story because you were part of it. 10th of December, we watched 16 people go through the waters of baptism here. And one young person sat in the crowd and watched some of his best friends get up on a stage and declare over a microphone how good God had been, how incredible and faithful God had been. And that night he said, I want a piece of that. And he made a decision to follow Jesus on the 10th of December, 2017, because he saw something in people, saw an example in people, and he was influenced and his life is changed forever. Another thing that God wants us to live lives full of is, is faith and is also Unity. We are called to live in unity. Genesis 2.18, God himself said it is not good for man to be alone. Unity is a vital part of the church. Unity is a vital part of being a follower of Jesus. We are better together. In the month of December, in here, 412 and Young Adults, our two ministries, came together together. And we worshiped together and we prayed together and we'd done life together and we had fellowship and fun. And we pushed this idea of unity because unity is crucial in the body of Christ. Paul urges it in his letter to the Ephesian church. Chapter four, verse three, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. It is so crucial that as a church, we don't just segregate our departments and our ministries. that that 412 you sit in the corner and you do this and BB you do your bit and GB you do yours and the link and and Evergreens and and Generation X and Young Adults and everything no we're called to do this life together to be united to be a church without walls and a church without borders I love when 412 and Young Adults came together I love when age groups cross when 412 and Evergreens do do life together I love that why can we not have more of that? of Generation X and, and young adults coming together to worship and, and have fun together. This is what church should be, a church united. On Friday night there, we carried on our second week of our series called The American Dream. And it was one of those nights where, you know, you always pray, God interrupt the program. And, but you sort of hope he doesn't. Well, he did. He came and interrupted, and God love Aaron Graham. He was supposed to speak, and he'd been wrecking his brain, and then I said, Aaron, we're going to have to move you to next week. But God came and showed up and we worshipped spontaneously and, and we prayed. And there was one moment I was standing in the front praying for someone and I looked back and I saw I saw 14-year-old guys going up, up to 11-year-old guys and laying hands and praying over them. I saw a group of guys from Ashfield boys getting in a huddle and praying over their school, united that they are going to win their school for Jesus. This is what it means to be a part of the church, that we are united Standing and pushing each other on. Imagine church if we all, this whole bunch of us, would live lives full of unity to set an example that could change the world. A life living a life that is full should be living a life full of faith, full of unity. The other thing is laughter. Laughter. This is one of my favorite quotes by a band called Rain Collective. I've said this many times, you'll know this. Recently they said we made a theological breakthrough as a community and it has changed everything about our approach. We realize that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. We realize that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. One thing that we will unashamedly in 412 and Friday nights do is have fun. Unashamedly. I don't care that I sort I sort of look back. I, I was thinking through my, my notes today, and I was thinking, I'll tell you how long I've been saved. And I was like, 18 years I've been saved. And do you know when you get to that point in life, you're sort sure of like, I am starting to get old. <laughs> like, I sort of am at that point. But do you know what? I will unashamedly still have fun. Unashamedly will dance to Je- in front of Jesus. Unashamedly play games. Unashamedly, I don't care what age I get because I believe that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And I don't believe that joy ends a cert- at a certain age. I believe we're all called to live lives full of joy. And I'm not saying that when the end of this, like I want to see us all bouncing, like come on, like it'd be amazing. It's a process that we go on, but I want you to be challenged. But seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. And so we will have fun. We will play games. We will dance. We will worship. You see, if Jesus intended us to give us, to give us life to the full, then I believe that being as a Christian should be the most fun life to live. Convinced by that, if he created us and he has come to give us life, then I'm convinced that we have to live the most fun life ever. And if not, then we're doing it wrong. I remember trying to teach my nieces, all girls, um, well, the four of them were girls, I tried to teach them to play football. And I took them out to back garden in my mum's house and I started to to kick the ball to them. And then they just picked it up and ran around, chased each other with the ball. I was like, no, girls, we're trying to play football here. Um, And so then I kicked it again and then they picked it up another time and ran about. And so then I just started kicking them. Um, But then I started to say... Right, girls, come on, we'll play football. And they're like, no, Uncle Dee Dee, it's really boring. And I was like, no, you're boring. Get your life sorted. Um, but they were like, no, it's boring. I'm like, girls, it's boring because you're doing it wrong. And similarly to, to being a Christian, sometimes people can say, ah, it's a boring lifestyle. I, it is only boring if you do it wrong. We are called to live a life full of joy and being a Christian should be the greatest privilege and the greatest life that we could ever live. Do not put limits, guys, on you that God never intended. Do not put limits on you that God never attended. I want to encourage you, where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. We're going to sing some songs. And there's freedom to do whatever you want, to dance, to... So, you know, even if you want to give a wee, you know, a shake or a wee shimmy, or do you know what? You don't want to dance, but you want to maybe up on your tiptoes. Like, come on, there's freedom. Let's start taking those chains off. Again, another guy, same guy, Daniel Pettinger, came in, wasn't a Christian. First night, and Adam McKaig invited him to come along after uh, Jack Ballantyne seeing the strength in him. And Adam McKaig invited him to come. And side point, someone's tr- life transformation could just be one invitation away. Alpha, their lives could literally be transformed by one invitation. But anyway, Danny came on on a Friday night and we started doing, a, we started doing dances. And we started doing one of our worship warm-ups, which you'll catch a, a glimpse of at the end. And I remember, he, he, I remember talking to him after and he said, I was just like hands in my pockets, mouth open going, what is going on here? <laughs> And probably most of it was like, this is weird. But I remember then he said to me, like, I didn't know church could be so fun. And that's all it can't be, guys. We are unashamedly fun. Let that be in every part of our lives. Let's laugh, let's smile, let's enjoy every single day of our lives because seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. And finally, the last thing is it should be full of love. Our lives are motivated by love. Love is, is the definition of who God is. It is everything who he is. It is central to our Christian lives. And some things that we have done and seen in 412 is how we love people. A couple of years ago, Amy had this idea that we would, we would impact our community, that we would not just be a, a 412 ministry that just keeps within four walls, but she had this vision that we're gonna, we want to go on mission, but there's mission right at our doorstep. So Amy done this thing that we would do called Love God, Love People. And we went out into our community, and for a week of summer, the young people gave up a week of their time that we would go out and serve our community in whatever way—some menial tasks, doing some gardening, doing some weeding, painting some fences, whatever. So many different things. We went up to the—we did—we carried it on this year and went up to the, one of the old people's home and played bingo with them and, and sang some songs. And we just want to love our community as much as possible because love is one of the things that our lives should be full of. We also, in one of our 412 sets, had the back this big, this big board called the Encouragement Wall and it had e- envelopes. And every single envelope had an individual person's name on it and some pieces of paper. And we took time every single week to go up and encourage one another to just write things of how we love them. We love this about them. We love that about them. This is what church, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, look at us, look how amazing we are. But I trying to say, this is what young people are, being, are grasping. This is what their lives are being full of. And to challenge me that this is what my life should be full of. Full of faith, unity, laughter, and love. John chapter 13 verse 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I'm going to ask the band to come and join me as I come to a close here. You see, it was Jesus' love towards people that is the defining distinction between his ministry and many other religious idols. It was his love towards people. Every single person in society the loved and the unlovable. It was his love towards them which was the defining distinction. And we are called to replicate that love, to live a life full of love. And so as I come to a close here, I want to encourage, and this is where I'm challenged as well. You see, the amazing thing that I love getting to watch about young people is this battle of whether they are going to settle for second best or chase God's best where they're going to settle for second best or chase God's best. And I love getting to do life with them because you get to see the the fight going on in their mind of they kind of want to settle, but then you can see them taking a step of faith and say, this is me stepping out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to trust that this is God's best. And it's a challenge for us all. Are we going to settle for second best in each of these areas in faith? Are we going to settle for second best or just... And just sort of step out of the boat a little are we going to completely trust god in every area of our lives are we going to settle for second best in unity and we'll sort of do a wee bit of unity between one another or are we going to give it to you know what i'm giving my whole life and committed to this i'm living a life full of unity laughter love are we going to settle we're we going to settle for half-hearted or are we going to say do you know what, i'm giving everything to this I want joy to, I want to put on joy and joy to erupt from my life. I want love to erupt from my life. Live life to the full. Be an example. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing a song of worship.